Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Football tickets for Hawaii and Vanderbilt uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show. Hunter Hughes will be in studio here in about 30 minutes, I believe, unless traffic gets in the way. Uh, he'll be here. We got a lot to get to on this Wednesday. Welcome in. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All of our guests, when they do appear, they do so courtesy of our hotline. And if you want to connect with the show, you can. You can uh, text us via our Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. And you can call us at 808-296-1420. Tweet us, too, at Sports Animals, at Josh on the radio. I can only hope that this show is as good as the Honolulu Little League. And I realize that bar has been set really, really high. Um, just as high as that home run that I just saw hit in the Little League World Series by a team from Texas. <laughs> that ball is smashed. Anyway, um, I learned something today, which is what I usually hope for every day. I'd like to walk out of here after my 10 to 13 hours of being in this studio. Tanner knows all too well what that's like here in the last week. Uh, of I, I'd like to believe that when I walk out of this room, that I have learned at least one thing that either helps me or doesn't help me. Don't know. Would like for it to help me. If it doesn't, so be it. There is an extra mercy rule in the Little League World Series, and we almost got there today. Thanks to the radio crew. And by the way, credit to the radio crew. Um, we uh, we sent in some of their pronunciation uh, updates and uh, they got it. They got it. And um, for those that complained, the pronunciation guide that they were given was not good. Um, and they went with the pronunciation guide, and so uh, now they're going with us. That's the update. Anyway, um, in the third inning, there is a secondary mercy rule. If the game is is at a 15-run differential, the game can end in two and a half innings or in three innings, whatever it gets to. And we were almost there. I was kind of worried that we actually would get there because uh, we had a whole lot of commercials that had to play, and I wasn't even going to understand how we were going to get them all in if we had a game that would end in three innings. It went four. It was another uh, Mercy Rule dominant win for Honolulu Little League. Uh, but they did have the 15th run at the plate, potentially with two out, in the bottom of the third inning. What we're watching on a couple of, level, uh, of levels, A, uh, what we're watching is, well, uh, it's it's not... It's not new. Uh, we are so used to watching a team uh, from Honolulu play well in all facets of the game. Um, 
like you said, they've they've become a regular occurrence now at the Little League World Series. So so they've been been really good. But I think we're now bordering on historic kind of levels. And that's the part that is really scary. Like whoever ends up playing Honolulu on Saturday in the um, uh, in that U.S. championship game, and it's Saturday, it's going to be on our sister station, CBS 1500, uh, with first pitch just after 9.30. Good luck. Uh, either Texas or Pennsylvania will take on uh, you know, the team that Hawaii just annihilated today. And um, I, I don't know how anybody, A, beats them. I don't know how anybody, B, puts up more than like three runs on this team in the span of a mercy rule game or a six-inning game. But the way, um, A, offensively, and B, pitching dominance that we're watching. Like I, You know, we've been spending a lot of time watching a lot of these games. Um, you know, it, it's it's still August in Major League Baseball, and we don't have college football yet. And so our our televisions here in, in the studio are pretty much glued to the Little League World Series because why not? It's wholesome, it's fun, and we get to see good stories, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I watch every other team in in both the U.S. bracket and the international bracket, and I don't see a team that is um, A, exciting, B, fundamentally fairly sound. Like, yeah, we're watching 11 to 12-year-olds, but I at, at times I don't feel like I'm watching 11 to 12-year-olds. I feel like I'm watching... Uh, you know, kids who are, you know, like sophomores in high school. And that's pretty impressive. And that's why I say the, the historic level of what they're doing is remarkable. You know, earlier when they played uh, New York, we saw the stat, the 12-run win that they had against New York was their largest margin of victory Ever in the Little League World Series. And, and again, we're reminded this is a Little League World Series in which Hawaii has been uh, really, really good in. They already had a no-hitter, the first team ever to, to no-hit New York in the Little League World Series. And we're seeing the home runs going at a pace that is uh, just obscene. And what is the batting average? I, I remember seeing a stat during... During the game today, I can't imagine. I can't imagine on the mound, opposing batting average has got to be what under a hundred, right? They've only given up what four hits, four or five hits. I mean, it's it's remarkable. I don't know, and and you know, we've seen Little League World Series thanks to to the uh, the power of national television and um, you know the the kind of platform that is given to these youngsters and and the platform that is given to the goodness of the game which we always appreciate um we've watched dominant teams we've watched good teams we we've watched a whole bunch of of little league over the past several decades and we've watched dominance it, you know, over the last several decades. Now, I, I don't know that I can go back to the history of Little League and tell you um, 
you know, nobody's ever been like this. But I, I do believe that this will probably land if we – if Honolulu Little League does win it and we cautioned because last year when Honolulu got to the U.S. championship and lost – there is no double elimination when you get to the U.S. championship or when you get to the international championship. Once you lose, you're off to the third place game. Um, I, uh, I, I, uh, I caution that because it's happened. I don't see how it will happen. Again, given who Hawaii will end up playing, it could be um, the, the, the team from Tennessee that they played earlier. It could be Texas. It could be Pennsylvania. Um, but we know what Hawaii's done against Texas. We know what Hawaii has now done against Tennessee. We just don't know about Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania's losing by four runs in the top of the sixth inning. I can't imagine anybody beating Hawaii. And I think if it if it gets to Hawaii sweeping through and, and winning a Little League World Series, then I think it gets to kind of uh, – uh, a historical type of conversation of how good as compared to, to, to what we've seen, how good is good? How great is great uh, when watching some of these kids? And not to put pressure, by the way, on 11 to 12-year-olds, because I'm not trying to. I'm just going by what we're watching, and what we're watching is just, it's it's pretty, pretty darn cool. But, um, uh, I I haven't seen this level of just dominance in quite some time. You can text us at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420 and uh, tweet us at Sports Animals and at Josh on the radio. Um, we've got a lot of UH football that we'll get into. Like I said, Hunter Hughes is going to be here in uh, about 20 minutes or so. Over the last couple of hours, we've now seen the layout for what um, what things will look like at UH football games, including the food. And I'm actually, A, pleasantly surprised at the layout, and B, I am blown away by the options. And as someone who, if you've you've listened to this show uh, or to my old show since uh, since its inception, you know that I love food, and we'll talk about food at any at at, at at any and all opportunity. You know that. And when I saw um, what was on that list that the University of Hawaii provided. And I won't tell you everything. I, I, we'll go through the, uh, the, the the game day map coming up in uh, in a little bit. 23 food and beverage vendors. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I, I couldn't believe that when I saw it. Between um, what I'm imagining, food trucks, even though they don't say it specifically, the Sodexo Fair, because it's on campus, and almost Every type of food imaginable that you'd have at the game, almost. 23 food and beverage vendors, impressive. Tanner's asking about garlic fries. Uh, Steven Sai will find the garlic fries, and they're probably going to be at the Sodexo stand because they're the ones that do garlic fries. Um, I don't, I, I think, I, Steven will find it. 
and whoever's sitting with him in his booth, they'll clearly know it without seeing it because the smell of the garlic from the garlic fries. So um, that's really cool. We'll, we'll share a little bit more about that a little bit later on. And um, speaking of Steven's employer, the Honolulu Star advertiser, uh, Dave Reardon put out his, um, his win-loss record prediction this year. And we all do it. Some of us just decide not to share it, whether it's because um, you know you don't feel comfortable with it, you don't want people knowing, whatever it is. We all do it. But I have figured I, I have a tier system on um, on these predictions. Yes, there is a tier system. There is a tier system uh, where the average, the norm is, Bowl eligibility, the bowl eligibility edge is kind of like the norm. The um, you know, I, you, you kind of feel like you're you're being realistic. You're not being too high. You're not being too low. There is a bowl eligibility edge in the norm. I'm gonna. Uh, I will say that is four to seven games. There is a level below that that I would call the looking forward to next year tier, which is three and below. And then from eight on is what I call the um, super hopeful tier, which is you take those games that you kind of pencil, <laughs> you pencil in as the, the I don't know tier, or the I don't know games that you're not willing to put the W's on or the L's on, you feel like they're toss-ups, and you just automatically put those as wins because you're hopeful. You're super optimistic. There are three tiers. We know where Dave Reardon's tier is. He is in the bowl eligibility fringe tier, which is the normal tier. Not too high, not too low, but kind of uh, down the middle in objectivity and in um, in expectation. A little bit later on in the show, I will, I will tell you where my tier level is as well. Um, it's in there. How far am I willing to go? I'll share that with you. Brennan texts in via the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. He says, Josh, if I can open my text now, Josh, only thing missing is my barbecue. They need to bring back tailgating. Yeah, imagine trying to tailgate at a parking structure. You'll have to wait for a while on that. But if we're talking not the tailgating barbecue, but the barbecue barbecue, Bozy Jones Barbecue is one of the 23 food and beverage vendors that will be within the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex, uh, complex grounds. So... I know that's not the barbecue you're talking about, but barbecue, barbecue, there is barbecue. Stuff you would put on your grill, probably one of those vendors too, if not more than one. In fact, we'll go through that. We'll do that coming up next. Uh, we'll go through the grounds. We'll go through the food. Kind of what I like about um, what I'm seeing here on the uh, the, the, the festival map for uh, for Hawaii football this year. Uh, do want to remind you that uh, the Rivals Fantasy Football Show, if you missed it today, what are you doing? 
that is more important at 8 o'clock than listening to Gary Dickman and Chris Hart talk about their fantasy football drafts, which were probably worse than mine. Because I got a B, according to Yahoo Sports. And they credited my Kenny Galladay pick, which was five rounds later than everybody else picked him, and they said it was a steal. Tanner disagrees. Rivals Fantasy Football, it is Wednesdays at 8. Uh, today, it was a Tyreek Hill photo. Listen in for what you might be winning next week that is autographed and ready for you. It is right here on ESPN Honolulu and ESPNHonolulu.com. It is presented by Rivals Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. Let's talk food. It's next on ESPN Honolulu. All right, let's talk food. Because you knew the first thing I was going to look at when the University of Hawaii released its uh, uh, game day Bose Fest map was the food. Because I wanted to know, and that was one of our big questions when we talked to David Matlin at Mountain West Media Day. Um, you know, when we talked to others, kind of, uh, you know, what is it going to look like? How is it going to go? The... Um, how how are you going to have all of this food, these food trucks? Where are you going to put them? Because Clarence T. Seaching Athletics Complex is not huge. We know that not just by attendance limit, but also by just the fact that it's it's not Aloha Stadium. So there's really only so far that you can go in um, you know trying to get a whole bunch of food. And then when I opened the, the 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 fest map, the Bose fest map, and I saw all the food, I was impressed. So now keep in mind, throughout the complex, and they're going to have um, uh, you know entertainment in the Les Murakami Stadium. Uh, they're going to have an uh, inflatable fun zone over there. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. You, you already know about the concert with the with the green, the pregame concert that's going to start at 2.30 inside of uh, Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. You already know about that. I was impressed with what they were able to do with food and beverage. There are some areas where it's beverages only, and there are some areas where it is um, food and beverage. They were able to get 23 food and beverage vendors within the confines of the Clarence T. Seaching Athletics Complex. So you're probably, you know, you're thinking right around, you're, you're going around the track, basically. You're going around in circles. And you got everything from juice. Uh, so if you want something healthy or you just want something refreshing. Local food. Poke. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 and Yes. Pot stickers, uh, pasta, street corn, barbecue, desserts, uh, hot dogs, Thai food. Which, by the way, I was I was I've always been a big fan of when they've had the Thai food place at Les Murakami Stadium on Fridays and Saturdays. I think they took Sundays off, but um, always been a fan of that because uh, they were always very good. Uh, Dippin' Dots, sup, Larry? Uh, kettle Corn, and then of course the the Sodexo Fair, and you've got it 
all around. See, that is what Hawaii football, I think, should look like. And it's the thing that separates the experience that you had at um, at Aloha Stadium, which, frankly, outside of some of the local stuff that was on the perimeter of the stadium, inside but on the perimeter, not one of the regular stands, unless you found the stand that had beef stew. Uh -huh. This is unique, and this is what, because you know, you're trying to build the culture, right? This is what Hawaii football should look like. You get a place where you can get poke during the game? Yes. Get teppanyaki at the game? Yes. Get me some local food? I mean, I'm imagining some plate lunches? Yes. This is a home run. This one is hit out of the park. And that's one of the great things that Island Day Spring Game, the, the Island Day Spring Game did is it created a template for what fans liked, what they wanted, and how you could create it in a game day experience. I am loving this. This is awesome. Uh, I hope you get an opportunity to check it out. There is so much more, and I'm sure we'll, we'll share some of that with you. Uh, a little bit later on. Sports Center coming up. Don't forget, call the coach. It is tonight, Ruby Tuesday, the Monolua Shopping Center. It is presented uh, by Ruby Tuesday and so many more. We'll tell you more about call the coach coming up. Coming up, we'll go through the tier system of Hawaii football predictions. Uh, where do you fall in the tier system? That's coming up. Uh, texter from the 233. We were talking about food last segment because, you know, why not? Texter said, so many good food trucks that I'm sure would love to sell at a UH game. I hope UH changes it up every so often and has different lineups of food, not only to give fans options, but to spread the wealth as far as trying to help local small businesses. I mean, it's great in theory, um, but I'm also a believer in kind of having the same thing sometimes because there are fans that you have something at a game and you kind of want to, you know, sometimes you're like, you know what, when I'm going to the game, I got to have this. Like, I kind of learned doing baseball when I got hungry, which is often, there were two things that I knew that I kind of needed to have in order for me to keep my sanity when hungry. One, um, they had the hot dog stand, which is on the first base side, and they had what's called the Don Ho dog. I just switched out the, uh, the regular onions for the crispy onions, which I thought made it better. But it was the Polish dog. It had, um, it was like a, it wasn't mayo. It was like an aioli. It had bacon, put the crispy uh, the crispy onions on it. I apologize if you are hungry because I'm not helping you. Uh, so good. It was either that or the Thai food place when it was there on, on the Fridays and Saturdays. Um, they had the skewers and uh, really, really, really good. Only thing was um, got to have that well before the game. Otherwise, you make a mess of the booth and uh, and you don't need that.
So those were always really good. And, you know, there are times where I believe consistency is good. As long as the consistency equals good food and you know that um, the fans – and this is where fan feedback I think has actually been really helpful. The University of Hawaii has um, really listened and they've taken that into account. The fans will ultimately tell you um, visually you'll see it. When you're at the game and you see how long the lines are for uh, for a particular food truck or a particular food venue, that yeah, you'll 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 get to to know what's popular and what's not. But I'm a believer that some fans like routine. Some fans were like, hey, I, I had this, uh, I had poke at this place once. Okay, next time I go to a Hawaii football game, I want that poke again, and I'll only change it if. Maybe there was something else I wanted, but I know I'm going to want that poke again because it helped enhance my experience um, at a game. So consistency actually is is really really good. But I'll, I'll be candid: the sometimes the stadium experience can be um, generic, and I, I think we unfortunately saw that at Aloha Stadium. I mean, outside of, like I said, a, a few of the places that were, I think, more kind of local style, and but were, but were not really on the concourse. They were kind of out of the way, like toward the gates. When you, I think, it was toward one of the gates actually. Um, it was just like generic and overpriced, which, by the way, you expect higher prices at a at a game, and I get it. But it was nothing like nothing special. Like some places you go, you know you're going to have one or two places for, uh, you know, you might get some good chicken or something. You, 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 a couple places that are, are burger-related, um, a, a couple of places that are your normal hot dogs and fries and, and game food, and some other stuff that might be, you know, a little bit different. The last game that I went to that I didn't call was actually a Las Vegas Aces game. Uh, and it was at Mandalay Bay. And I'll be honest, I was actually disappointed in that because they had quite a few concessions, but a lot of them were actually really generic. Many of them were actually the same thing. And the same thing is fine, I mean, in, in, a, in a big space, but it's like I would walk a minute down in the concourse. Okay, I run into the same thing again. And a little farther, okay, same beer stand. A little farther, okay, same food. And it was just generic and boring. I ended up, you know, when I would think going to Vegas and I'm going to a game in Vegas, I would expect something that is a little elevated, a little better than than the standard. And what did I end up getting just because I was hungry and I didn't, you know, prep before going to a game at the hotel? Nachos. Not that I don't like nachos, but like generic in Vegas, where nothing in Vegas is supposed to be generic. When um, you know, previous to that, the other game that I went to that I was not there to call was a uh, was a Sacramento River Cats game, and it was a Triple A game. Uh, I know the Hawaii baseball team went to that game. And I decided, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to eat something at the game because, you know, ballpark food's 
more so baseball than any other venue. Ballpark food's great. And they had something that was um, it, it, it was a dog and it, and part of it was like it had like was it raspberry jam or whatever it was? I don't I don't remember what it was. It was really good. Um, but I knew wherever I was going in that ballpark, okay, you had your standard fare. You had some stuff that was a little bit different, and you had some stuff that was um, very, very different. And uh, you know, it was like, okay, cool. The um, I, I forget. I I I honestly forget which hot dog it was, but it was. It had. I think it was raspberry jam, and then I think they also had. Um, it had jalapenos in it, and I think I took out the jalapenos. I was like, I don't know if I could do jam and jalapenos in the same thing, especially if it's the first time I'm trying it. I'm not gonna gonna really go for it, but um, you know, it was was cool. I was like, all right, I'm gonna at least try it this way, and I was rewarded for it because it was great. And that's the thing. Um, some ballparks they do it right. You make fun of um. It's now T-Mobile Field or T-Mobile Park in Seattle. Never been there. You make fun of it, but who else sells? Was was it crickets or what was it? What was it they had there? It's a, it was crickets, right? Um, who else is going to do that? Nobody else is going to do that. So you know, you 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 go for it. I mean, it's different and it makes you kind of want to try it. Because you know it's it's better than just uh, the standard stuff, and that's why I say when I look at what um, what Hawaii is doing, and I see, okay, um, this doesn't look standard. This looks elevated. It looks fun. It looks different. You know, cool. I think it's it's going to be exciting, and I think the fans, even though um, even though it is. You had a nine thousand seat venue. I think the in I I think the fans are going to really appreciate the uh, you know the the elevation the effort, and yes, uh, as I'm reminded, I did a really good job of giving you things nutritional. This show is not for the nutritionally conscious. <laughs> we don't we don't claim to be that here. On this radio show. Hey, don't forget, uh, Call the Coach is coming up tonight at Ruby Tuesday in the Moana Lewis Shopping Center. Uh, looking forward to seeing some of you down there as uh, Coach Timmy Chang is going to join our team. Will we get an answer on uh, maybe some starting opportunities? I'm specifically looking uh, at the quarterback position. Will we get any kind of word on uh, on who might be in that role. We'll find out. Uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for you to listen in, ask some questions, have some good food at Ruby Tuesday in the Moana Lewis Shopping Center starting at 6 o'clock. Uh, make sure you're down there. Uh, Ruby Tuesday, Hawaii, uh, and uh, uh, call the coach. Also brought to you by HGEA, IBEW, Local 1186, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union, Hawaii Pacific Health, and PAXA. Uh, we'll come back. I believe Hunter Hughes is on his way in. Uh, we'll talk with him. We'll get some more UH football conversation. And we'll talk about the win-loss tiers. That's next on ESPN Honolulu.
look who dropped by. Uh, Hunter Hughes, our uh, sideline reporter for University of Hawaii football. Uh, here in studio, it is the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. By the way, um, Hunter drinking coffee at uh, 3.47 in the that afternoon. That is correct. You, you, uh, I know you've been flying lately, just trying to trying to get some energy back. What's going on? I'm trying to make it to the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, pretty much every time whenever I come back from the mainland, it's 5 a.m. without skipping a beat the next mm-hmm. morning. And so it's really just name of the game first couple days back, making it to 10 p.m. So... I'm kind of feeling it right now. <laughs> is uh, okay. So 10 p.m. Is that just recovering back on time difference, or are you are you watching TV or something? It's That's, a little bit of both. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Uh, and yeah, just uh, need to make it to that. Otherwise, it'll turn into a four or five day process when I can uh. usually kick it in two. So that's just part of it. Got me thinking of the old Norm Chow. Oh man! When uh, remember, for every time zone that you jump, yep. you you leave that amount of days before One more the game. Day. That's right. Yeah. It, usually, it was anything east of Colorado mm-hmm. was a Wednesday trip. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's usually a Thursday takeoff for us. Right. Um, I mean, in the same vein, I'm, when did Vandy get here? They got here Sunday. That's that's wise on their part because uh, as uh, me and, and Jordan, six hours. yeah, when Jordan and I were recording our podcast earlier today, we talked about this is the first time Vandy has ever played this far west. Mm-hmm. They've only had three games since like the seventies <laughs> west of the Mississippi, which is pretty crazy. And you know what? When you're a team in the SEC, you can control your schedule. You can control <laughs> the ability to just kind of stay closer to home or you know play body bag games like Alabama does with teams from the Mountain West. And that's real talk right there. Yeah. Um, I'll, okay. A couple of reasons why I, I you, you came in for work and I just said, all right, um, <laughs> jump on a microphone for a I little bit. I came in to see Tanner, Josh. Yeah. This, ain't, this ain't about you. So <laughs> I hate to break it to you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love the brutal honesty on this show. Um, should I make anything? I, I got some flack for this yesterday okay. about um, – Naming or not naming a starting quarterback Ooh. on, uh, you know, at, at this stage of the game. Um, I, I know Timmy Chang was asked about it yesterday, and he basically said, hey, you know, I want them to prepare for all five. Uh-huh. Should we read anything into the starting quarterback job right now, whether it's, you know, been named or not? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see what he says tonight at Call the Coach, because this is kind of like, uh, the, the the twilight hour before yeah. before the game time, uh, it's eerily similar to how they are reluctant to kind of say what style of an offense they run. They're they're very choosy with how they describe that. Uh, right. We had Jared Ursua say we're going to be unapologetically without a label, so which I love. I know, me too. Um, defensively too, they, they've got guys kind of all over the place and that the scheme is very fluid. Um, I, the only thing that worries me is a leadership perspective okay. in house. What, what, what is required at this point of fall camp is okay. Who are our leaders? Obviously they've, they've named the captains of the team. Mm-hmm. None of the quarterbacks were named in that. Uh, it, it's, it kind of helps though from a, a, a schematic team environment to know who your guy is um, as kind of a rallying and coming around a guy. Do you think it's possible that they know we're the only ones that don't? That, well, that's well, us very, and Vanderbilt. That, that's a great, great point. That, that, that very could, very well could be. Um, but because how how did it, how did it work when you played? Yeah. How how was it handled then? 
Yeah, um, my first fall, uh, Taylor Graham, uh, way back then, he was he was our guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very much like Ikaika could come in at any moment. Um, that 2014 season, 2015, Kaika had kind of taken over. Um, him and Max Wittick split duties that year, and then 2016, whenever Rolo came in it was known that it was going to be a Kaika's team. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of, you know, fell apart and Drew came in. So um, I think in, in, in that perspective, like we've how never long... been, we've never been this late into camp without naming a guy okay. ever. How in those, in those years, yeah. how long was, do you remember how long the time difference was between when the team knew who the starter was and, you know, us, us weirdos in the media knew? <laughs> I feel and like, welcome, by the way, to the club. Thank Sorry. you. No, I'm, I'm pr- pr- proud to be one. Uh, well, uh, I felt like Stephen Sai had the beat like 10 minutes after the team knew. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least it felt like that from our environment. Was It was in the star the very next morning. Mm. Um, and so, man, Chow was real classic in the way that he handled business. I felt like we knew our starter even coming into camp. Um, Rolo was a little bit more like Timmy where – he was more, I wouldn't say, um, uh, was it, was it not unconventional? That, 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 that's a good word. Cause Rolo even would play games with the other teams, you know, have Cole McDonald put a different uniform on before, uh, you know, warmups and things like that. Uh-huh. Uh, almost, uh, you know, conspiracy theory kind of, kind of level of, okay. of, Going about his business. The the benefit with where Hawaii's at right now is no team has seen this team yet in yeah. terms of what our offense is going to be, how Coach Shoemaker calls plays, um, and then obviously what players to expect or plan for uh, on the field. So Vandy, in my opinion, uh, has their work cut out for them getting ready for us. Um, and Timmy's been very decisive in not talking about anything because each QB possesses different skill sets. Shager obviously throws the best ball, has um, the most, uh, I would say, Division One experience, mm-hmm. with, with exception to maybe Yellen with a few. Did he get a few starts at Pitt? I think he might have gotten a couple. Might have. Yeah. Um, but then other than that, uh, by far – Jake Farrell is the tallest. <laughs> he's also the starting holder. That, that's exactly right. Uh, he's the, yeah. The, the, you have that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Armani Eden by far is probably the best dual threat option in terms of just speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, other than that, it's kind of a smorgasbord of who uh, who's going to be ready and who can lead our offense. And I, I think it's going to boil down to who doesn't turn the ball over the yeah. most. I think that's that's the name of the game. Um. I've got about a minute, and I wanted to see if you could you could hop on for the second uh, for yeah. another segment if you wanted to. Um, I I know Coach Lee from Vanderbilt. Uh, there was a social media interview you did with the with the Vanderbilt play by play voice, and he was talking about how the defense matches up with what they called the likely run and shoot style offense. Mm. Is it dangerous for Vanderbilt? I mean, it's you think it's the expectation, right? But if you're preparing simply for the run and shoot. Do you feel like you might be in for a rude awakening potentially? Yeah, I mean, if if he is thinking that, I'm I'm really liking hearing that mm-hmm. with, with the game just a few days away because those of us here on island know that we're not going to see true run and shoot schemes from this team maybe at all this year. Um, 
probably not until the, the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, my alarm's going off over here. Making <laughs> That's sure why he's got coffee in front That's of him. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, if the opposing coach of our week one game, it's week zero, obviously, in college football um, calendar, is preparing for us from a run and shoot, I'm, I'm really liking what, what we got going for us heading into Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Stay right there. I want to continue the conversation in a moment. Don't forget about the Big Green Rally coming up on Saturday, 1.30 to 10 at the Varsity Building parking lot across from Puck's Alley. We got 13 food trucks, two full bars, and uh, so much more. And admission is free. Go to BigGreenRally.com for more info. Sports Center coming up. We'll continue with Hunter Hughes in a moment. This is ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes is with me in studio here for one more segment. We are uh, on University of Hawaii football mode three days away from Hawaii and Vanderbilt. We've got uh, Rainbow Warrior football tickets to give away uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show. Uh, By the way, texter from uh, who knows where, uh, because they don't leave a number. Uh, Where can I find more information on the pregame events and available food and beverage for Saturday's game? Josh had mentioned a map he was referring to. Uh, HawaiiAthletics.com. Check it out. Uh, you can find out all the different food vendors. You know the green's going to be performing uh, well before kickoff, so that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a party. Uh, I can imagine. I, you're going to be on the sideline, but uh, just, I don't know. Can you keep your distance from the food trucks that's going to be around uh, around the area? Uh, yeah, I, I haven't quite thought that far ahead in terms of food. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, if it's anything like the spring game, Coach Timmy and these guys know how to throw a party. It's going to be a good time. I, I'm, I'm thinking of the different options. If uh, What kind of food would you be eating if you were going to a game? Man. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you're, like, the healthy kind of eater or you are. <laughs> I'm a little more on the healthy side. Okay, uh, so I see you potentially going to um, a place, uh, Holly Eva Cane Juice. Okay. I, like I, I see that. Uh, Get some electrolytes flowing. Yeah, or that island banana juice. Okay. After that, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's also game day, though. Uh, I'm always a fan of the green bottles. Ah, uh, uh, so now that you cannot do before the game. Can't do before the no. game because we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be You're on working. the air. That's right. Um, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm, we're talking I'm, about that. I'm right glad now. we had this work conversation <laughs> on the air, Hunter. No, no green bottles it. unless they are Mountain Dew before the game. I felt like that or was a little trapping, Josh. You asked for my <laughs> input, and I'm uh, just being honest up here. But uh, I'm glad we discussed yes <laughs> all right speaking of uh speaking of honesty uh let's let's talk a little bit more on the quarterback situation cool. um if if you were to assess right now does it feel like it's it's shaker's job even though it hasn't been named yeah i feel like uh he played the best from spring game until now uh whenever i'm down there he by far throws the best ball um and I, I feel like he his brand of football is from a coach's perspective it's it's a little bit more um less risky. That, mm-hmm. that would be my I know you don't want to use the term game manager. Yeah. No I Which know, I don't think is a bad no, term. He 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 throws a great deep ball. Yeah. And if you put him in the right positioning in terms of play calling, he can he can make big time throws. Uh even last year, you know, he took care of the ball whenever he came in whenever we needed him to. Uh that Fresno State game you think of, he was the quarterback that took care of the ball more so than Hayner did. Big time. 
big time. And uh, it wasn't risky throws. It was checkdowns. It was uh, crossing routes to tight ends um, and letting them get yards after catch. I think someone like Shoemaker is going to put a guy like Shager in the best position to help the offense uh, win. And so that's why he's kind of got my edge right now in terms of if I was to name a starter okay. um, at this point. But again, who knows with these guys? I kind of like the way that they're running things because from everything, the way that they've organized camp, the first half was split practices. Right. Um, the way that they are unapologetically without a label on the <laughs> offense. Yeah. Um, even, uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm sure we'll talk about the defense a little bit. The way the defense is shaped right now is in um, unconventional, I would say. And... Uh, Kind of uh, tough to expect with uh, or cu- tough to know what to expect this Saturday, but it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just uh, going to be a lot to digest. By the way, um, we were referencing what, what Vanderbilt's head coach said, Clark Lee, um, earlier today. We were referencing that in the last segment. I played you the, uh, the yeah. video. Um, any takeaway from that? As a reminder, by the way, um, they kind of said they're kind of expecting the run and shoot uh-huh. um, from, from Hawaii or, or at least something of it. Um, you watched that video. Anything different you took when you watched it, watching him and maybe his body language, how he talked about it? Yeah, you know, b- b- I don't want to say anything uh, to uh, get our team in trouble because they are on island, so yeah. there's a chance of them hearing us right now. But uh, if they are expectant of run-and-shoot uh, schemes, they're, I think they're in for a little bit of a rude surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did also mention it's tough to game plan for a team that hasn't been – established or created yet i mean we're a brand new team with a brand new scheme brand new coaching staff brand new players the majority of our team especially on the defensive side of the football is from the transfer portal right now so there's so much yet to be discovered about who we are as an identity as a team right now but uh yeah if they're uh watching old film from timmy days and the run and shoot uh i'm feeling pretty good heading into this game against Vandy. yeah because they referenced that they did you know timmy coming from 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 the june jones tree uh referencing that i mean we we kind of know what to prepare for and yep. that's and that's mike wright who's been named the starter he's on the maxwell award watch list so we we know that uh, we'll get to defense in a moment but um one of the areas offensively, we were talking during the break with Tanner as well, mm-hmm. the running back room. There's um, skill position-wise, there's a lot of talent, and I don't think we've spent enough time on where the running game factors into this, kind of like to what what you were saying, uh, expect the unexpected. I'm a, I'm a big brother watcher. Expect the unexpected. Nice. Yeah. Um, that running room could play – a running, uh, running back room could play a big part in that. Oh, big time. I, uh, I think – our running back room, our um, our O line right now, is the strongest it's ever been. Mm. We're very senior um, and very experienced on that offensive line. So much, in fact, that um, uh, um, yeah, Solo five senior starting. Yes, and Solo isn't even named in the starting lineup. That uh, they're a big proponent of using or in, <laughs> in the uh, in the media sheet because I think they have so many interchangeable parts. And it's going to be really intriguing. I'm, I'm really interested to see what kind of a year um, Diedrich Parsons could have behind this offensive line. Um, yeah, so even though we may not know who our quarterback is right now per se, doesn't mean we can't score points. Right. Parson, mm-hmm. Hines behind him. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jordan Johnson behind that. Uh, those two, you know, fighting for the backup spot. Uh, 
let's talk defense. Yeah. And and you were kind of going there for a moment. Hunter Hughes is with me in studio. Jacob Yoro's um three three five. Yeah. You you made a note of this during the break. It's it's unconventional. Yeah. Um how do you think that stacks up? I think it's I think it's actually a tell of the creativity and the versatility that could potentially happen uh, with this defense. Uh, we, we had a phenomenal year last year with our defense in terms of production. Uh, you know, say what you will about Todd Graham, the dude knew how to run defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, two guys in particular that really intrigued me, um, Jonah Kahavai-Welch and Panay Pavi'i have both been listed as linebackers for us. Right. But if, you, if you've been watching the last couple of years, both of those guys are edge slash down linemen. So it shows that they are comfortable with them playing on the line and dropping back into coverage. And so from a scheme perspective, that shows that we're comfortable showing that the opposing quarterback one look and then dropping back into something very different. So just because it's a 3-3-5 three, three, from, you know, our perspective on the media reading it right now, it could be something completely different from play to play. And when we interviewed uh, Coach Yoro, me and Jordan Helley on our podcast, uh, Hawaii Football Now, uh, he mentioned that that a modern defense these days is expected to show something different, sometimes from a play to play perspective, um, depending on what the offense is showing you. Offenses, they, they talk about scripting offensive plays. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of curious defensively if you're showing something different on on every play. And this is, again, this is this is me on the outside asking this question. You think there are, there's a defensive script as far as, or, or are you kind of a little more um, a little more on edge every play, or, or a little more reactionary? Like we know, offenses can script maybe ten plays right out of the gate. You think there's a defensive script? I think there there is to an extent. I know that a big part of drawing up defense is understanding um, another team's tendencies with down and distance, and also just football IQ stuff. You know, uh, you don't bring a blitz. Uh, you know, on certain times of certain times of game, just to protect yourself from of you know allowing a humongous play to happen, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think Coach Yoro will probably lean on some of that knowledge. Um, but then I did appreciate one thing that that uh, uh, the head coach from Vandy said in his interview about getting back to your identity as a team. Mm-hmm. I think a defense going back to an identity of who they are right now. Um, is important, but I will also say that identity is yet to be discovered. The majority of this defense is from the transfer portal. That's I mean, right. we've guys, we got guys from Arkansas, from Iowa State, Oregon State, Arizona. Um, it, it's a brand new team right now, and they are going to figure out who they are as much as we are watching them. Hawaii wins against Vanderbilt. How do they do it? I would love to say they score 45 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much right in the same sentence with Coach Shoemaker and every single stop in his coaching regime. I mean, his coaching experience. So, But is that a high bar given, again, um, who we'll see at quarterback and, and wondering how how much that offense will have gelled yeah. by, by the week zero game? Yeah, no, I'm, I, uh, I'm always a glass half full kind okay. of a person. Okay. Um, 
I think we'll have a much truer tell in week two against Western Kentucky. Um, I think we can get it done against Vanderbilt. I think this is a uh, a no-pressure game for us, although the coaches will put all the pressure in the world on themselves. We're, right. we're playing an SEC opponent for our first game under this new brotherhood regime. So I think there's there's nothing stopping us from kind of shocking the college football nation right now and coming away with a W against an SEC opponent. I think it would really come down to turnover margin and hanging on to the football. I, I think if, if you take away just purely scoring more points than the other team, I think it's going to come down to the trenches and if we want it or not on our home field. All right, let's talk about the podcast because uh, Hunter Hughes is a uh, media what word do we use for it? Busy uh, guy. There you go. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something that, there you go, media mogul. Ooh, I like uh, that. That's what you are in the islands Thanks, right Tam, now. Thanks, Tam, man. Uh, what's, uh, what's coming up on Hawaii football now? Yeah. Uh, well, today we recorded our episode, which is set to air either Thursday or Friday of this week. It's mm. actually our 52nd episode. All right. Yeah. Well, we've... we already know Timmy was 50, and he said he would be there for 100. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We've we've got a couple weeks before b- b- between now and then. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic uh, having Jordan on the other side, um, kind of uh, leading the ship for us. And I thankfully haven't said uh, too much to get us canceled just yet. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, give it time, Josh. You never know. Oh, you never know. <laughs> don't knock on wood. There. Yeah, no, we're good. Any man. key part of the conversation we should look forward to tomorrow? Uh, yeah, yeah. So. Jordan and I go through each specific um, uh, position group, uh, each specific guy at those position groups as well. Um, Really deep dive into what to expect from our team. We definitely talk about Vandy uh, and what we're expecting to see this Saturday. But if you're looking to uh, know exactly who the Rainbow uh, Warriors are before watching uh, come this Saturday, uh, check this episode out more so than the other ones because we really deep dive into uh, who this new 53-man transfer roster is. 53 new guys on this team. Um, A lot of those guys are being incorporated into the starting lineup. And kind of what uh, I've seen at practice and what Jordan has gathered with um, all of our interviews with, with, with all the coaches, man, um, we're, we're excited. It's game week, Josh. And then uh, let's talk about shotguns, uh, shotguns and swings. That's right. Uh, what's uh, when's the next episode coming out? Yeah, uh, actually, the the newest episode just aired yesterday. Um, we had a golf professional from Tulsa, Oklahoma, on there who also just happens to be yeah, my someone, my brother. Someone you know. That's right. Uh, it was really fun. And uh, the next episode is set to air. Uh, I believe we're, we're we're kind of scheduling it for every Tuesday. Okay. And uh, trying to put it together right now to get uh, Mark Venary on there. Okay. To, uh, play a little golf and uh talk uh, everything in the world of the venary brothers as well it seems like a good time for no that i one. know why you're doing it you just you, you want to put them to shame on the course <laughs> i know i know that's why no man we're I, i'm i'm in to bring people up <laughs> okay uh, yeah especially in the golf world the the, the, the golf uh, learning curve is a steep one yes i'm trying to uh help as many people along there as i can you and Mark, by the way, will be on the call of Moanalua and Kamehameha Friday uh, right here on ESPN Honolulu, 7.15 broadcast time. By the way, um, Hunter doesn't know I'm going to say this, but Hunter is giving you all that information while drinking coffee at 4.15 
and fantasy football drafting. Big time. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I was going to do it. I was going to bring it up. Did you? How much did you auto-draft? How much of it is live? Uh, the, the only time that I glanced down at my phone was when you were talking, Josh. I, try, I tried to. <laughs> see? Yeah. He's here to see Tanner. That's right. And when I'm talking, it's the fantasy football draft. The, the, I get it. The, that's exactly right. No, uh, when, it's, when it's my time to talk, I am at your disposal. <laughs> uh, for those listening, I am your guy. Uh, yes, I'm fully you invested. Who was your number one pick in the draft? <laughs> Who did I get this year? Uh, I grabbed Najee Harris, number one, and then Joe Mixon, number two. Oh, okay. I think Najee is going to have an absolutely breakout year. Uh, he was a sleeper mm-hmm. um, and just a, a standout at Bama. So I think uh, the Steelers are going to lean on him heavy this year. Hunter, it's good to see you. I know this is kind of a, a little bit impromptu, but I appreciate you coming by and uh, dropping some knowledge, and uh, we'll see you on the sideline on Saturday. Guaranteed. Thanks for having me, Josh. That's Hunter Hughes. He's a star, and he joins us here on the radio. Uh, speaking of stars, food. It's the star of the night when you can head down to DB Grill to check out their seasonal ingredients and contemporary techniques, creating savory new dishes and fresh takes on local favorites like their Poke of the Week, their Lupchong fried rice, the kimchi fries, and so much more. Uh, they're in Kapolei Commons right next to the theater. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Fridays and Saturdays, uh, they can be the star of your nightlife until uh, 2 a.m. Uh, check them out, DB Grill. dbgrillhi.com, blending local favorites with Asian cuisine. We check on traffic here. Uh, we'll go through uh, the wind tiers. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you that based on what we saw Dave Reardon put out today. That's next on ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center updates coming up in uh, just about eight minutes. Uh, we'll go through the win-loss tiers and UH football tickets still to come uh, over the course of the show. Haywood texting in from Wahiwa at 808-296-1420. says, uh, Josh, do you know what's trending now in Hawaii? Guys using the straw to punch out a hole in Vienna sausage and use it to drink beer. Maybe I'll try it for this Saturday's game. Michelob Ultra with the Vienna sausage straw. Haywood, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't do it. If you're wondering where this is coming from, some, uh, boy, what should I call this individual? Some daring soul decided that he was going to take his straw through, what was it, a hot dog or like a brat or whatever it was, and then put it in his beer and then drink through the hot dog where the beer would come out. I, you know, first off, the beer better not have been expensive. Like, if you're going to do something that um, that brave, then um, it better not be one of those high-end beers that you spend a lot of money on, those those uh, those IPAs, or I, not, not that I'm a, a huge beer drinker or anything. It better not be one of those that costs a lot of money. So, you know, if if you're going to do that, you know, keep it on the low end. Secondly, don't disrespect the dog. Um that is that is a dog fail. You know, I uh, uh, I'm a big believer that if you want to eat a hot dog or a sausage with beer, then you like grill it in beer. 
uh, or you you know you, you you soak it in beer and then you and, and then you grill it or you put it on the pan or whatever it is not through um but the other you know the other thing that is is really really sticking to my mind on this the fact that this guy was willing to do it uh, the fact this guy was willing to do that at the game in public. Some people, like for me, um, I love chicken wings. I, I love bone-in chicken wings. I don't like to eat chicken wings in public because it's messy, and I don't like to be a messy eater in front of people. Um, I'd rather just not eat, frankly. Um, you know, I'll, if, if it's going to be messy, I'll eat at home. And if I make a mess at home, okay, it's for me to deal with. I don't need uh, I don't I don't need anybody to see how how much I, it is messy to eat a chicken wing. The fact that this guy was that brave to uh, to do hot dog straw beer in public uh, was was pretty daring. All right, uh, Sports Center coming up. We got surf as well. This is ESPN Honolulu at ninety two point seven FM and fourteen twenty AM. Thank you, Haywood, for starting uh, a fun text reaction topic. Vienna sausage as a straw, which we, we didn't say this last night. And by the way, this is coming from a reaction to the social media video of the guy using a hot dog as a straw in his beer. Um, I hope it wasn't one of those, like, fancy titled beers. I, I, I hope he didn't do that. But... Um, I think Tanner and I looked at each other at one point. How do you, and I think we were thinking the same thing. How on earth can you use Vienna sausage as a straw? For two reasons, right? The first reason being Vienna sausage crumbles really quickly. Like there's no way that you could try to use it as a straw and it holds up. B, Vienna sausage is too fat to be used as a straw. I seriously, I and and by the way, I love Vienna sausage uh, as a very simple random snack. Love it. I I can't imagine someone going to the lengths of uh, of going there with their Vienna sausage. Also, I am the kind of person with Vienna sausage that just eats it right out of the can, not cooks it. Um, I don't know if that's become a hot take. But uh, I don't. I feel like I don't need to wait to cook it to get a little bit of the char on the Vienna sausage. That I just eat it straight out of the can, and it's good for me. Texture for the four nine nine. What about the bun? Okay, we're gonna start a whole new conversation on the bun. Two things. Maybe it's just a here thing, but I think the bun with the hot dog in Hawaii is overrated because the hot dog in rice works just fine. Um, I guess as long as it's like the, 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 um, the Hawaiian winners hot dog, right? As long as it's that one. Although for me, it could be anyone. What I do is for me, I don't need the bun. The bun's fine, but hot dog and rice is just fine with me. The condiments go on the rice. They don't go on the hot dog, first and foremost. 
Um, secondly, I believe that the hot dog eating contests have ruined the reputation of the bun. And this is someone who really only watches eating contests when the 4th of July comes around and Joey Chestnut, who every individual trying to maintain shape in their lives should be jealous of because Joey Chestnut can eat 70-some-odd hot dogs in 10 minutes and, uh, and A, still be alive, and B, uh, still weigh a, a, a fairly decent amount. But the bun getting soaked in the drink, was it the, the Nathan's Lemonade, has made the bun just become an afterthought and, in the world of food, a joke. Which is unfortunate because sometimes the bun is really, really important. But if you're dipping the hot, because the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, it is the hot dog and the bun. It's not just the hot dog. And so when they're dipping the hot dog inside the drink, so where the bun is soggy and it looks like it's about ready to, like, you know, get stuck to your fingers, it ruins the reputation of the bun. So that's why. What about the bun? Joey Chestnut and all those folks ruined the bun because they made the bun so unimportant. Texter from the 240. 100% right. You cook beer with sausage. Never, ever use beer as a straw. That was a tragedy against humanity. Yeah, kind of. If you're going to do, like I said earlier, if you're going to do that, do that at home. Don't allow someone who's bored at a Yankee game. And by the way, why are you bored at a Yankees game? Why aren't you watching the Subway Series game? Why aren't you invested and interactive in the game? Why are you so bored you're videoing someone dipping a hot dog in beer and using it as a straw? And we thought Dodgers fans go to games and are totally uninterested. Yankees fans make Dodgers fans look like the most diehard fans in the world. But I will call that, yes, uh, a, a food crime against humanity. And texter from the 797, I think we ruined this segment for him or her, um, who's now saying Vienna sausage with eggs, Vienna sausage egg omelet, yum. I, I think we can agree on that. I don't, I don't see any problem with that. We'll get the uh, M. Dyer Global scoreboard in a moment. But first, I believe, uh, I think this is a good portion of the segment where uh, if you're okay with me giving away football tickets, is that a good idea right now? Sure. We'll give away University of Hawaii football tickets. Uh, Hawaii and Vanderbilt coming up on Saturday. We've just got a few more of these to give away, and we know uh, the projection is that this game could be a sellout. So... Uh, if you don't want to wait for it potentially to become a sellout and you want to make sure you've got your tickets, then you want to dial in at 808-296-1420. Uh, we will give away these two tickets right here to check out Hawaii and Vanderbilt on Saturday. Uh, we'll we'll do a trivia question uh, based on I, – I, I won't base it on Vanderbilt uh, just because I know most of you could care less about Vanderbilt. I did give one incorrect stat yesterday on uh, on uh, SEC teams against Hawaii. 
Uh, I said Hawaii had one win against an SEC team. Not true. Hawaii has three wins against SEC teams. And when Hawaii has played SEC teams, uh, Hawaii is 3-5-1 at home. All right, uh, let's bring in Nick here at 808-296-1420. Nick, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing good. Okay. Uh, Hawaii has won its last three home games against Power 5 opponents. Two of those three came in 2019. One of them we were actually talking about here in the the office earlier was on this date. uh, Was it three years ago? Man, was it three years ago already? Name me one of the two teams that are Power 5 opponents that Hawaii beat in 2019. Oh, uh, I'm just going to take a quick guess. I would just say um, USC. No, it's not USC, but uh, we're talking same conference as USC. Think about it. Uh, Give us a call. Your chance to win Hawaii football tickets against Vanderbilt this Saturday. Uh, Hawaii has not lost against a Power 5 opponent at home since 2014. When uh, when Hawaii uh, lost to Oregon State, if I recall this game and I recall the end of this game, because I believe I was there, um, I'm thinking about a play at the very end that got a lot of praise from Kirk Herbstreet on Twitter for what was a uh, fantastic defensive play. That's what I recall from from one of these games, not. Uh, it's not in both. One of the two games against a Power 5 opponent, which Hawaii won in 2019, featured a very, very good defensive play. Mike, do you know one of those two teams back in 2019? I'll say Washington. State. <laughs> well, you would have lost them both. It's not Washington or oh, Washington man. State. Thanks for trying. Um, Hawaii's last loss in a home opener was against Washington back in 2014, but it was not, not that. And no, that's not the answer. (laughs) I think we're talking, we're home games against power five opponents. Again, think 2019. We'll give this one more guess before we go to break. Uh, again, the question, one of the two teams that Hawaii beat in 2019, that was a power five opponent, again, a home game. Let's see if Alex knows the answer. Alex, hello. Hi. Uh, great show, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Oregon State. It is Oregon State. Oregon State is one of the two going back to 2019. Let's, let's uh, take a guess on the other. Arizona State. Almost. It was Arizona. That was the play. Ah, with That was okay. the play, the tackle toward the end, that Kirk Herbstreet um, had praised on social media the, the day after. Uh, yeah, Arizona and Oregon State back in 2019. Alex, you're going to football on Saturday. Have fun, all right? All right. All right, thanks for listening. Tanner's going to take care of you and uh, get your info. More University of Hawaii football tickets coming up tomorrow when Chris Hart and Gary Dickman host a a full edition of the Bobby Curran Show.
from 6 to 9 a.m. on ESPN Honolulu. And if you go to call the coach tonight at Ruby Tuesday in the Moana Lua Shopping Center, you might win University of Hawaii football tickets. So uh, if you're planning on going down there, beating traffic, uh, get on down. You might uh, might score some tickets to UH football against Vanderbilt. Time for our M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. The local game of note is what the Honolulu Little League team did today. It was dominant. The, uh, the Honolulu Little League team uh, getting a win in run rule fashion defeating their opponent in uh in four innings to move on to the US semifinal or the US championship I beg your pardon coming up on Saturday it was 13 nothing Hawaii over Tennessee and yes I win our friendly wager with our good friend Andrew Allegretta uh Vanderbilt play-by-play voice even though I upped the ante on Kona coffee for the entire broadcast team for Vanderbilt not gonna have to worry about that uh, but Hawaii wins. Hawaii will await its opponent on Saturday. They'll find out it's either going to be uh, that Tennessee team or it's going to be Texas. And in Major League Baseball, they're in the bottom of the 11th inning. The Angels have a 3-2 lead on Tampa Bay. Houston leading Minnesota 5-2, top of the ninth inning. Everything else has gone final, which includes San Francisco trail uh, losing today to Detroit 6-1 to to wrap up that two-game series. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, always on the move. We'll check on traffic here. You're listening to the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update coming up in just a little while. I've been saying for a while I'm going to get to the win tiers uh, for everybody's win predictions. I've been saying that for so long, and then we get sidetracked good stuff that that ends up going awry. We'll do that, I promise, coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. I promise. Tanner, please hold me to that in case I, I don't end up doing that. Text her from the 721 uh stadium conversations back in the text line josh with the new government governor and legislature coming in you think they could kill the new aloha stadium entertainment district and let's just say since we won't build a halava stadium and build housing instead we can give uh 200 million dollars instead of four and let uh build what they can and, and the state saves 200 million uh i'm gonna play the semantics game here that's still $200 million coming from the state. It's just from a state institution. <laughs> the state is spending the money. The University of Hawaii is under the state. So it's still state money and it's still your taxpayer money. And honestly, um, I, I I think we're getting too far ahead of ourselves if we're getting um, this negative on uh, on the chances of NASID being done, or NACID, uh, as, as Brian calls it. I don't know what's correct. Anyway, um, I, I think the unintended consequence of the University of Hawaii 
getting the money here to expand the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex and the Board of Regents approving it, the unintended negative consequence is that now people are just kind of saying, oh, well, okay, we, we don't need um, we don't need that stadium. Or, you know, they're doing it because they don't think the new Aloha Stadium Entertainment District is going to be done. The, the way that I took it is there's going to be change of some sort. And we need to do what we can, regardless of what is going to happen in politics, to take care of ourselves. We can't be heavily reliant on everybody else. We still have to look out for us and do our thing and make sure that we are um, we are doing the right things for the NCAA and for our student-athletes. And I think that that's what they're doing. I, 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 I truly believe that people are making a little too much on the NASID side just from seeing that, uh, you know, the University of Hawaii is doing what it needs to do. And I guess in a way it is, it's it's a, a positive look for UH that people are looking at that and saying, okay, well, let's just trust UH. You know, that's, that's good news. And I'm not certainly saying look at it anything anything differently but i'm saying don't give up don't give up hope on nasid just yet because i don't think uh is giving up hope on nasid i think uh is doing what it should be doing being proactive instead of reactive because you never know if someone's going to step in even though the money's been allocated and say we're not moving forward with this money and they're going to intentionally stall it which um would be devastating. You never know if that's going to happen. And again, I think you you have to protect yourself in the case of of you know the idea that that could happen. So, uh, people are being too negative about it, or they're being too pessimistic. Whatever, however you want to look at it, I, I think you got to give it a chance because it's only been a couple of months since the money was allocated for the project, and already everybody's like, yeah. People aren't going to realize how important that is going to be. And I, it's, I don't believe it's an if. I believe it's a when. I think there are people right now that don't realize how important that facility is going to be when it's built. Texter from the 291. 9,300-seat stadium and not a sellout is an embarrassment for Division One football, even though its opponent is a lower-tier SEC team. Um, I Without having anything official, I don't believe it will not be a sellout. I have confidence that uh, by the time we get to Saturday, and I don't know the exact numbers, and, and I don't know if someone at, at the University of Hawaii is listening. Maybe we'll, we'll get in touch with someone during the break to see if they can get us a number on how many tickets are actually available and not through the website where we've been duped before. Uh, I, I want to see if maybe there is an exact number. But I do believe it will be a sellout. Uh, I I. There weren't a lot of tickets remaining after the season ticket holders got theirs anyway. So there's there's no reason to believe for me that it's not going to hit that. Uh, again, there are people being negative about the situation three days before the game. I'm a big believer that's going to be a sellout. It's not like there are 200 tickets left online. 
if there were 200 tickets left online when there were about a thousand remaining, I think it was after the the season tickets uh, were were done or the hundreds, whatever it was, if there were 200 remaining today, I'd be worried. Last I saw, there weren't 200 remaining today. Again, take it what you will from an ever-changing online website where tickets are bought and tickets are returned all the time. Have faith, folks, please. Have faith. Jeff Texton. Would have been nice with the Aloha Stadium video screen. Maybe next year with 17,000. Yeah, I, I think we all can agree on that. Um, having a video board and a scoreboard that everybody can see would be nice. Some, people don't know, by the way, our broadcast booth can't really even see the scoreboard. Or at least we can only see like a, a, a portion of it. Um uh, just with where we're located, but we're, we're very fortunate. We have the score in our booth on a television and on a stats monitor. So we have other ways to do it. We can see the clock and the play clock because it's on the field. But uh, yeah, once that's done, they have the money now to, to be able to get that in. That was also appropriated and was, uh, and was approved. Once that's done, uh, I think that will change the fan experience for sure. Hey, don't forget, uh, before you get to the University of Hawaii football game, head down to the Big Green Rally on Saturday as uh, Hawaii and Vanderbilt get together uh, your pregame festivities. We've got us with Countdown to Kickoff. Arnold Martinez and I will be on the air at 2.30. We've got 13 food trucks and two full bars. So join us, won't you? It's free. Get more info at biggreenrally.com. Sports Center update coming up in just a moment. We'll go through predictions and how we kind of go from, yeah, uh, thanks for keeping me on, on top of that. What seems to be level-headed, what maybe isn't on either side of the spectrum. That's next after Sports Center. Call the coach is an hour away from Ruby Tuesday at the Moanalua Shopping Center. Looking forward to seeing everybody down there. Uh, I'll get down there after the show. Uh, support the team, our great team that's down there, that's already down there. Make sure you get a seat before uh, Call the Coach starts. Get down there, enjoy some good food. We say hello to you. It is the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so. Uh, courtesy of our hotline. We gave away UH football tickets last hour. We had a good conversation with Hunter Hughes when he stopped by in studio. And if you missed any of it, shame on you, first off. Uh, but most importantly, through the power of uh, being in 2022, you can listen anytime. Sports Animals On Demand. Check it out a little bit later uh, after the show is done. So if you missed any of that conversation, uh, you can get caught up. We got some very good stuff from Hunter uh, when he was in here in studio today, so make sure you don't miss it. I'm sure a lot of people have read the uh, Dave Reardon prediction piece. Hi, Dave, if you're listening. Uh, Dave does this yearly. I've never kept track on whether uh, Dave's been, been right or wrong more often than not and frankly could care less whether Dave is right or wrong more often than not because more often than not, we're all wrong, we just do it for this weird sport and this weird hope that one day we're all going to be right. 
and uh, we can be able to say at the end of the year, well, I knew it they were going to have six wins. I could have told you that. It's just this It's this weird thing of ours um, that we just kind of have to have that. Anyway, we said this earlier in the show. There are, to me, there every year when people make predictions, whether they say them out loud or they keep them to themselves, however they decide to do it, uh, I believe there are three different types of tiers in um, uh, predictions. There is the right down the middle, keeping the emotions out of the way, all of that. There's there's the middle tier, and they all have different names every year, depending on um, kind of the situation going into the year, and I'll, I'll explain that in a moment. There's that. There is the I think Hawaii can win every game tier, or in, this year I've I've amended that a little bit. It's more of I'm taking the the games that would normally have the question mark next to it, and I'm just gonna say W. Because I believe, I believe that we will win. And then there are those who are already saying we're looking ahead to 2023 because they believe it is it is difficult and and it is difficult, no doubt. Uh, you know, with the with a new season, a new coach, it it can be difficult. And that's not a negative point of view. It is um, it is an understanding of what you're going in with. So it's understandable. So so Dave Reardon's prediction today has Hawaii going six and seven. Um, you know, similar to last year's team, although last year's team, well, via vibe, via you know season ending, uh, was was very very different. If you're wondering what uh, what Dave has his wins, uh, Vanderbilt, he has his win. Uh, he has Duquesne as a win. He has New Mexico State as a win. So those are the three non-conference games. He has Hawaii winning three games in conference. Those three games, Nevada, Wyoming, and where is it? There, UNLV. Those are the three wins he has in uh, in, in Mountain West play. Obviously, Hawaii would, at a 6-7 and seven record, only get into a bowl game if... You know, last year when there were too many uh, teams eligible for bowls and they needed one more, so they created a new bowl and that allowed Hawaii to be the last team in, kind of like Mr. Irrelevant in a draft and uh, bubble watch when you're the last team off the bubble and into the NCAA tournament, kind of like that. That would be the way Hawaii would have to get in this year. Dave Reardon's... um, his six and seven prediction falls in line in the middle tier that I'm kind of in and that, um, you know, he kind of stays in, which is, I, I don't expect anything different from Dave. Dave is, um, uh, one thing I always like about Dave, he's, he's very even keel and, uh, yeah, I, I expect no different. And I see it here in the, in the six and seven mark, the middle tier this year of predictions is, we're hanging around the bowl opportunity. We're 
swimming near seven wins. In some years, when you've got a program that is trending upward, a middle tier is not around what I have this year. I have middle tier around four and seven games. Uh, for a program that is trending upward, a middle tier might be closer to like six to nine. Or it might be a smaller middle tier of seven to nine. Your middle tier would be, okay, we expect bowl eligibility by going seven and nine. Or seven, or, you know, going through seven or nine wins, whatever it is. Your higher tier would be like your nine to uh, 12 or nine to 13, however many games you play. And you're saying you expect to win a conference championship and be in a higher level bowl game, depending on, on what conference you're in. And then your lower level tier for a team that is trending upward would usually be your six and below. Maybe we make a bowl. Maybe. Or it's a down year. Uh, your bowl fringe. For where Hawaii is at, change of coach, what, 53 new players? That middle tier is a little bit different, and it's brought down a little bit. The middle tier is the bowl, is what I call the bowl fringe. That's why I have it at four to seven games. It is, they could be in a bowl. A lot of things have to go their way, but we believe there's a chance to play in the uh, in the easy post Hawaii Bowl, there's a chance. May not be super confident about it, but there is a path there that you can see in this 13-game schedule. The higher tier I have at eight and up, which is we're always hopeless, uh, hopefully optimistic, not hopelessly, hopefully optimistic. We believe in this team like to believe that the question marks on the schedule will be W's. We're not willing to believe any other way. Eight and up is the incredibly hopeful tier. The tier that I said below that is what I call the, the 2023 tier. The, you know, the challenges of new coaching staff and, um, and, and new players, you know, the challenges and that tier, which is which is three and below, is uh, well basically saying we think this team could compete for a bowl game next year. Right now, let's ride it out. Not sure that this team can get some of those questionable uh, questionable games. We put it at three and below, but um, you know we're not we're not just we're not giving up. We're Looking ahead, we're looking bigger picture. Those are my three tiers. And I kind of want to know where, where you are. I, I don't need wins and losses because, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I think it's kind of irrelevant in year one of a coach's tenure. I don't, I don't need to hear about whether you think they'll win six. If you want to, fine. Uh, I don't need to know if you think they'll win six games or ten games or two games, you know, whatever it is. Um I kind of just want to know what tier you find yourself in when you come up with your prediction of, of where you think Hawaii will be. Are you on that belief that they could do it, things have to go the right way, but they could do it, that middle tier, the higher tier in which it is, I think I I, I give them the benefit of the doubt when um, when you've got those question mark games or the lower tier in which you're saying, I'm a little more confident for next year. Let's say hi to John, who's calling in at 808-296-1420. John, what's up? 
congratulations on your bet. You know, I was gonna tell <laughs> you the other. I was gonna, I was gonna tell you the other day. You should have, you guys should have bet if it's ten run rule or not. That would make it a little better. True. But that's okay. You, you got your thing. I got, um, I got my whiskey got, apparently. Yes. Yes, dog. Congratulations. Hey, um, I got them in the twenty twenty four tier. Oh, okay. I think they're going to get creamed this year. I'm looking at their schedule earlier. Like, there's, like, maybe, like, two two games that I can say, okay, I think they can win this one. And then in, like, two, three games, it's like, man, that's the, they're going to have to play well to even beat those. So, I don't know. I think, I think they're going to get Lickens this year. And, you know, it's just going to be where Timmy Chang is in his first rodeo. Um, he's going to have to... He's going to have to, um, you know, coach, coaching doesn't win and lose every game, every game, but there's a lot of close games where coaching can really make a difference. I talk about in-game coaching. And um, I think Timmy Chang is, you know, going to have to go through some growing pains there. The good thing is they got a, you know, a lucky thing they do is they have an experienced offensive coordinator. So I think he can, you know, pull us through in a couple of matches. But, you know, I'm rooting for him, but, you know, with all – all the new players, all the good players that left, and we had some really good players leave. And then, you know, we're going to be playing teams. I haven't looked at all of their schedules, all of their, you know, their, you know, agenda, not agenda, but their last year. I know what you mean, yeah. Record. Yeah, yeah. But, like, someone like even like Western Kentucky, you just think, ah, we can, we can win that. Then you look into it like, bro, they, they were good last year. And so we're going to be playing teams that already know their systems pretty much. And we're going to be learning systems. We're going to have players that are out of position. We don't even have tight ends returning. To, you know, I think they will get green. But you know what? I, you know what I hear, though. You know what I hear. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, John. What I what I hear from you is, it's going to be tough, but you have the patience, uh, and you have the bigger picture thinking. If I hear it from you correctly, that you see a path down the road. You're willing to give it the time, which is why you said you're kind of looking more for 2024. Is that fair? Yeah. I, I cheered for Timmy Chang when he was in high school. I cheered for him when he was in college, when he was a college um, quarterback. I cheer for him now. But I, I, and I don't think I'm being totally pessimistic. You're not. But realistically, realistically they're going to go against teams that are, that are, the systems are tight already. And then, and then we're going to get, we have, we have guys. Even the coaches are new in their roles. We got the high school coaches in some positions and all that kind of stuff. That that all takes growing pains, and I think we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get lickings this year. Have a good day. Hello. Good to hear from you, John. Thank you for dialing in. No, I don't. I don't think John's pessimistic. Um, just because you might, just because you might not be optimistic in year one, it doesn't make you pessimistic. It doesn't make you any less of a fan. I know some people like to feel that way. This this whole complex about it, I can't stand that. It has nothing to do with that. Like I said, I, I think he's he's looking bigger picture um, and seeing that this is not it. It's I I, I hate the cliches, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you one. It's not a marathon. It's it's not a uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Boy, I was almost messing that one up. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And when you're looking at putting together a successful program, um, sure, would you like to win 10 games in year one? Absolutely. You'd love that. Is it realistic to win 10 games in year one? Probably not. 
it's kind of hard. But do you want to – what you're looking more for is the building blocks to succeed and uh, the ability to take those steps forward that get people to buy in in that culture, the eventual wins, the recruiting wins, the the, the crowds, community effort, all that stuff. That's that's the bigger picture, and I, and I think that's why I, I don't hear that as pessimistic. I hear that as patience, and uh, and, and patience is super important. I, I think in, in any program, especially a group of five program with a new coach, Patience is something you have to preach. Uh, call the coach with University of Hawaii head coach Timmy Chang. Uh, it's going to be on tonight at 6. John Venary hosts the program. Make sure you uh, listen in and call in and, uh, and and be a part of the show. Text your questions in. Uh, text your comments in. That's why it's call the coach, not listen to the coach. We want you to interact uh, at Ruby Tuesday in the Moana Lua Shopping Center. 6 to 7 p.m., Uh, Call the Coach also brought to you by HGEA, PAXA, Ruby Tuesday, Hawaii, uh, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union, IBEW, Local 1186, and Hawaii Pacific Health. We'll get to your text messages. I'll tell you what what tier I'm in. Uh, That's coming up after traffic. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. What tier do you find yourself in when uh, making your fun predictions for Hawaii football this year? You're in that middle, what we call bowl fringe tier, the benefit of the doubt tier, or the 2023 tier. That's what we'll call it. Uh, Our number 808-296-1420. Texter from the 343. The guy you just spoke to is always pessimistic when it comes to UH football. No, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't be creating these labels on people. I don't think that's the case. Texter says, I honestly think they'll win between four and seven games, maybe six wins if they get a bit lucky. That would be, by definition, the bull fringe tier. One more here from the 291. If one of Hawaii's goals is to go to a bowl game, why don't Hawaii play a 12-game schedule like most schools do instead of a 13-game schedule to get that additional home game? Six and six clarifies for a bowl game, though not guaranteed. Why he needs to have a winning season at seven, seven and six to be bowl eligible. Six and seven technically doesn't. Okay. He just hit a nerve that I'm going to hit a soapbox on. Tony will get to you in a moment, but my nerve just got hit. So apologies. I would rather care about going seven and six than six and six. I'm sorry. I don't want to settle for 500 to get to a bowl. I want to settle for a winning record. That's what I want. I don't want to hear, well, let's just get to a bowl so we go six and six. No, 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 no. And by the way, the 13th game, money. Seventh game at home, dollar bills, tickets, more opportunities to have poke at the game for seven times this year. Thanks to the new food that's going to be there. We talked about that a while ago. No, I don't want to hear settling for six and six. Stop. What is this? I'm sorry. I want to be competitive. I want to see wins on the board. I don't like talking about six and six going to a bowl. 
I want seven and six, and no doubt you've got a winning record in going to a bowl. And whatever happens in the bowl, if you happen to lose in the bowl, you finish at seven and seven. And you're not having a losing record in a bowl, you know, after a bowl game. Come on, set the bar a little higher. Okay. Down from the soapbox. And on to Tony, who's hanging on very patiently at 808-296-1420. I've got about a minute or so here, Tony. Go ahead. On one minute, that's all I got. Oh, my God. On on average. Sorry, I I have a clock I have to follow here. (laughs) Oh, hey, I I see seven, eight wins. Okay. And and people are wondering, how how can that be possible? Remember, this is the age of the portal. Last year, look at Utah State. They built their whole team off the portal, and they won the Mountain West. I went to Logan, Utah. I watched that game. I couldn't believe how good they were. And they were built through the portal. Brand new coach, too, the whole bit. Hey, they can do it. I can do it. I see seven, eight wins. I think the schedule is from, the schedule's not daunting. I mean, there's one game you can forget about it. But the rest of the games, if Hawaii has it together, injuries are controlled, I, I see seven, eight wins. I don't see why not. Okay, so you're see, so you're fringe on fringe. You're you're fringe um, benefit of the doubt and fringe bull fringe. Yes, I see that. Okay, I see that. very good. I see seven. I see a competitive team. Well, that I don't think I doubt. I don't. I don't doubt the competitive uh, competitiveness of this group. And Tony, good to hear from you. Thank you for dialing in. I I don't doubt that. Um, you know, I I believe in that aspect of this team. How much will the competitive nature of this team um, translate into wins is, uh, is I think, what we'll find out. Hey, speaking of uh, uh, competitive, we've got a competitive event going on uh, on Saturday. It's the Big Green Rally. we gotta, we got to stoke the competitive juices uh, over at the Varsity Building parking lot across from Puck's Alley. Get ourselves ready uh, for some of you getting yourselves hydrated. For Hawaii and Vanderbilt, we'll be there starting at 1.30. We'll go all the way till 10 p.m. with 13 food trucks and two full bars. It's the place you got to be. We'll be there for Countdown to kick off. Make sure you say hello to us there. Admission is absolutely free. The website to check out for more info is uh, biggreenrally.com. More of your text messages, more of your tears. That's on the way after traffic. You know what the last uh, several segments have turned into, or at least the last one? I don't know if it's because there are people that are stuck in traffic and maybe they're just getting annoyed, or they just got home and were stuck in traffic and were just getting annoyed. Um, But I feel like there have been a couple of texts that have just hit this nerve for me. Uh, You heard the one earlier about, oh, why don't we play 12 games instead of 13? So we can just qualify for a bowl with six games. To me, that's a losing mentality. I don't know. I want people that I work with, uh, like Tanner, like my air staff that I work with, I want those individuals to not just go through a three-hour show or a one-hour show or go through their shift during the day and just be like, you know what? I'm going to get the wins that I need to get or that I'm, I know I'm going to get the wins that I'm going to get and I'm going to get through. I want my staff, which 
I have, by the way, um, and I'm incredibly grateful for, I want a staff that is not just going to take the automatic wins, but they're going to go out and get some more because they're not going to settle for what's coming to them. They're going to go out and get um, and, and go out and be aggressive and get some more wins. Like like a Tanner, for example. I'm going to just say this about Tanner because Tanner's here. Um, but but why Tanner's become such a good part of our team. Tanner always wants to find ways to do more and excel, and he's done that in a short period of time. He's not someone that just takes what comes to him and does the best with that. He finds ways to do more and be great on a daily basis that benefits what we do. That's not a six and six mentality. That is at minimum, I know it sounds weird now that I say it, at minimum that sounds like a seven and six mentality. That's what I want. Those are the people that I want on my team. I don't want the six and sixers. I want the seven and sixers. I want the seven and fivers. Hashtag thank you, Tanner. Hashtag seven and six mentality. We're going to make that something. We're going to do it all college football year. We are coming in with a seven and six mentality. And then when you, when you read it after the fact, it's like, oh boy. <laughs> See this, this other text kind of got me though. We were talking about this during the break. So I, and I wanted to bring Tanner in on this because I originally read this text differently than how I think this text was actually sent. People talk about this football team. Texter says, uh, this is from the 206. How many one, two, and three-star players are on the football team? I mean, the answer is a lot, first off. I don't have the exact number. Uh, but, Tanner, your answer was actually better. Uh, would you like to uh, to share your answer with the group on uh, on the response to this text? I can. First of all, I don't have an answer. I don't oh, I thought know. you did. I don't know how many one, two, and three-stars there are exactly. I'd have to, you know, do a lot of research and go down the entire 100-man roster. Seven and six I, mentality, I Tanner. could do all that, but this is what I'm going to say. Who cares? That was the because, answer I was looking for. Because this is the thing. It looks really good signing day. You look down at your Twitter and you see University of Miami, Florida, just signed four-star receiver. That's amazing. He must be awesome. Well, then you look at all the people that recruited him. You see Ohio State. You see Michigan State. You see uh, North Carolina. These are really amazing programs. But then that makes you think, well, what about the guys that don't get as recruited? Can I, I want to mention this. Yes. I did a little bit of research. Seven and six minutes. Um, coming out, class of 2002, this quarterback, 6'3", 175, pro-style quarterback coming out of Matter Day, two-star quarterback. You know what his name is? Colt Brennan. Mm-hmm. Two-star. Yep. How much does that matter if one of the greatest college football quarterbacks of all time is a two-star, and yet you look at these other programs that have been struggling, struggling to find a quarterback? I can uh, look this up. I doubt Michigan is signing any two-star quarterbacks. And look at their struggles. They don't know if it's JJ McCarthy or the other guy. And let's That's also remember. Much... And let's also remember how often do they beat Ohio State? Exactly. You look at Alabama. Remember how long it took for them to find a quarterback? Mm-hmm. 
you know the star ratings of the quarterbacks that they struggled with? Definitely wasn't two or three stars. I will say Alabama was for a while not known for quarterbacks. That's changed recently, but that has changed recently. Yeah. I will agree with that. But stars only accumulate when big time programs start to recruit you. When you're only being recruited by the likes of, and I no no disrespect, when you're only being recruited by the likes of an Oregon State, a Boise State, Fresno State, you're probably getting a three star. But once a big time college program, let's say an Ohio State catches wind of you, then someone at Michigan's like, hey, Ohio State's recruiting this guy. We should look at him. And then Michigan State hears about that. Like, hey, Michigan's catching wind of this guy. We should look at him. Mm-hmm. And then the entire Big Ten's looking at this guy like, hey, this could be a guy. And then you're looking at, oh, the ACC schools are looking at this guy. And now you see that star rating start to bloom up. What the star rating is, is how many Big programs have given you an offer. Mm -hmm. And that's really all that means. Because I will give you this. One guy from the last signing class, Malachi Finau, he's the three-star. But surprisingly, he hasn't had, like, the best kind of offers. So I will say that that will probably be, you know, a nice pickup for us. Because, you know, he's a three-star, and we pick him up. He might be a really good guy to develop. Because that was one guy that... As much as we want to dog on Todd Graham for a lot of the stuff he does, he was surprised that this guy didn't have the amount of offers that he didn't have. There are a lot of guys that are on this Hawaii team whose best offer was Hawaii. And I think a lot of these guys have turned out to be pretty good. Calvin Turner probably wasn't, you know, a highly rated guy, and he was one of the more electric guys coming out of Hawaii. Mm Mm-hmm. Who else can I think of? I mean, I could keep going on this train all all around just to basically say stars are really nice when you sign as your freshman. But as soon as you come into fall camp and you wear that practice jersey, stars don't mean nothing. Stars are like Yelp ratings. Um, they're good. They're good advertisements in recruiting. They're, they're good advertisements. Well, I mean, Yelp ratings use stars too. But my point being, um, they're good advertisements to attract other recruits. And like you said, to attract schools as well. Um, but stars don't always translate, like you said, to uh, what you see on the field. Coaching has a lot to do with that. I should also say, um, I look at like college basketball. You could sign a, a, a four-star kid, but yet he's like the 12th guy at the end of the bench, and it doesn't matter when he can't crack through a Kentucky team, and he's looking to transfer. You know, Again, highly touted, but maybe still not good enough. When you go through the gym, you still got to do the work, and it, it doesn't matter. And you see those two-star guys, and they grind, and they hustle, and they have good coaching around them that make them better, um, you know, and, and, and you see the fruits of that success. But it's, it's kind of like, remember when that kid, um, was it the five-star kid that had Hawaii as one of his final um, final six? Remember that? I mean, was there a shot that Hawaii was going to land him? Eh, not likely. But you know what it was? It was a great advertisement for Hawaii. No, we didn't see the tropical beaches of Hawaii. No, we didn't see um, you know anything said really about the coaching staff of Hawaii, but it was a great advertisement for Hawaii just being considered because it put Hawaii on a map that not a lot of people would have thought 
Hawaii would be on anyway. And, you know, it's also great because the recruiting services need to create rankings. The, the, the rivals and the scouts and the ESPN 100s, they use those star ratings to really determine their content and their rankings. And what does it create? It creates clicks. Yeah, can it be representative of talent? Sure. But that's talent in high school, and high school does not always translate to college. College, and we had this conversation off air a couple days ago, college doesn't always translate to pro. See undrafted guys, seventh-round draft picks that have turned out to do great things in the National Football League. The, it, it never always translates, and it never always goes according to plan. But if you find yourself like that texter, oh, how many one, two, three-star guys? Like, if you if you find yourself hanging on um, a recruiting advertisement, then you're focusing on the wrong thing. It's like a top 25 preseason ranking, which, by the way, I'm for. But we also know what it's about as well. It's It's an advertisement. It's an advertisement for great slates of games in week zero and week one. It's a, it's an advertisement for big-name programs. It's not always right. Star ratings aren't always right. It's very subjective. But they're there for a reason. But that's why you have coaches. That's why we grade hard work. That's why you grade practices. That's why you grade time in the weight room. That's why you grade time in the classroom. All of those matter a heck of a lot more than how many star guys you got. Uh, well said. In fact, uh, Texter said that himself. Uh, Texter from the 492 says, well said, Tanner. Absolutely. And that's why when I read that question out and I read it as an entirely wrong thing, I read it as I read the texter saying, How many stars does Hawaii have? Like star players. And I initially read it as, What, one star player, two star players, three star players? And then I was actually gonna, gonna bring that question to you because, um, how many stars does Hawaii have? Not by the recruiting stars, but by like the, you know, talent type of stars. I was gonna say, Well, more than one or two. But you know what? We're talking group of five here. We're not talking about Bama. We're not talking about Clemson. We're not talking about Georgia. Settle down on that. Time for our uh, M. Dyer Global Scoreboard, and we'll go back to your text messages in uh, just a moment. Our M. Dyer Global Scoreboard is brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Moving Hawaii into the future. Games in progress in Major League Baseball. In fact, I think we're uh, I think we're done with everything in Major League Baseball today. No, uh, one game still going on. It's not close. Dodgers have a 12-4 lead on the Milwaukee Brewers. It's in the top of the seventh inning. Games that have gone final. Giants lose in Detroit, six to one. The final score in ten innings. The Oakland A's one up the Miami Marlins, three to two. Washington three, Seattle one. Phillies over the Reds, seven to five. White Sox win in Baltimore, 5-3. Tony LaRusso walks guys on a 1-2 count. It's weird. He's done it twice this year. You think he would have lost his team? The White Sox are two games over 500. Watch out wild card for the Chicago White Sox. And Tony LaRusso potentially pulling a Houdini act. 
uh, in postseason contention in the American League. They go 11, and the Angels lose again. We're used to it. 4-3, Rays over the Angels in 11 innings. In 10, Toronto 3, Boston 2, Kansas City over Arizona 5-3, and the Astros over the Twins 5-3. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard. M. Dyer Global always on the move. We'll wrap things up. We'll go back to your text. It's coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. This has been a fun show. Um, We've, for the most part, kept it local today with the exception of hot dogs and beer. Um, And the bet I won with uh, Honolulu Little League winning today, I did not have to give up Kona Coffee for the entire Vanderbilt radio broadcast team. Uh, I do wonder, though, if we're going to have to revisit this on Saturday if Vanderbilt wins... um, uh, not Vanderbilt. Uh, if Tennessee wins, they wear the Vanderbilt uniforms in the regionals. If uh, if, if Tennessee wins in the um, uh, comeback game, which would be tomorrow, uh, 1 o'clock ESPN television, that's who will determine who plays the Honolulu Little League on Saturday. And by that way, uh, by the way, uh, sa- uh, Saturday, 920 on our sister station, CBS 1500, Hawaii's information station. Uh, it'll be the Honolulu Little League in the USA Championship. Texter coming back on that one, two, three star thing. High star means chances are they are better than low star players. The experts do these rankings like Manti Teo, five star. Look at top schools. They have more high star players. Enough said. We know what he did. I don't know where the end part comes from, but um, it is quite standard. I don't I don't believe this is a hot take. I believe this is actually kind of a lazy take when you say, look at top schools. They have more high-star players. No kidding. They're power five programs with best opportunities to be seen, best opportunities to win championships, so on and so forth. You're not... Um, you're not giving us new information here. And it's not a hot take, and it's not something that's an indictment of anything here. Uh, every group of five program, for the most part, is going to be outdone by a Power Five program when going after the quote-unquote stars. But how do those stars help out the Vanderbilts of the world sometimes who can still get some of that top talent because they're in the SEC? How do those star ratings work for you all the time? It doesn't always work and lead to wins, Tanner. Yes, you can. That's why I said Tanner. And I was going to say, like, <laughs> and to backpack off of that, one of our, I think one of our good Ju- uh, Juco transfer guys, Noah Kemma, mm-hmm. who I believe was listed as a backup linebacker spot, coming out of high school, he had zero stars. And you know what he did? He went the Juco route. And he was listed as the number three Juco linebacker in the nation. And now he has three stars. So it's a whole matter of you get what you're dealt with and you deal with it how you deal with it. Noah Kemma saw that. He worked his you-know-what off Mm -hmm. and got and earned all of that at Juco. And now we got him. 
And I think we're blessed to get that guy. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys who we recruit that don't have any stars out of Hawaii. Because you know why? Because a lot of big schools don't come down here and recruit these guys. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky enough that we see these guys every week. And, I, and I'm excited to see the net that is casted over the Pacific by Timmy Chang and his crew. Absolutely. That's Tanner Hayworth. Great work today. Uh, call the coaches coming up. Don't forget the Rivals Fantasy Football Show every Wednesday. Uh, get your fantasy football knowledge there, uh, special guest, and a chance to win some cool stuff, including an autographed photo. Uh, it's every Wednesday, 8 a.m., brought to you by Rivals Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. I've been meaning to do this, and um, uh, Scott on, on uh, the text line says, uh, hey, it's football season. Got to get to fantasy football. Not like we haven't been talking about football. All show. You know, Tanner um, laughed at the report card I got in our Hawaii Media Fantasy League through uh, through Yahoo Sports. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm glad to be invited this year. I may not be invited back after mentioning it on the air, but um, I got a B rating, even though I auto picked Christian McCaffrey in the first round, in like the second to last pick in the first round, which to me is kind of a steal. Um, my report card, actually, no, I was two overall. Sorry, I got Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey number two pick. I forgot where I was in the snake draft. Kenny Galladay, five rounds later than the average, got him. They say that my running back tandem with McCaffrey and David Montgomery, third highest point total of all starting running backs, they have me 10-2-1. They have me as a winner except for that one tie. They also say second oldest group in the league at an average of six and a half years of NFL experience with no rookies drafted. There were 22 that were drafted. I must have prioritized experience over youth. Yes. (laughs) I mean, that's sometimes kind of what you do, right? going to be a long year for you, Josh. Are you sure about that? I think so. Uh, if David Montgomery and Christian McCaffrey. So you're you're saying I should be looking ahead to 2023. I think so. In our uh, yeah. in our Hawaii football tier system. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon. Call the coaches coming up next. Joy, it's ESPN Honolulu.